1: It helps us appreciate the the culture of the period a little better, maybe, and uh, sort of the the uh, the belief system of the of the
0: soldiers and so on that were involved here. That's Journal of the American Revolution contributor Norm Damaris discussing the blessings of the flags, and he's our guest today. I'm Brady Kreitzer, and this is Dispatches. This episode of Dispatches is sponsored by Simon and Schuster. Publisher of Liberty is Sweet, The Hidden History of the American Revolution by Woody Holton. Available now wherever books are sold. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another episode of Dispatches. I'm your host, Brady Kreitzer. Today, our guest is Journal of the American Revolution contributor Norm DeMaris, and he'll be talking about the blessings of the flag, a common Catholic practice seen in the 18th century for French and Spanish uh, soldiers and sailors. We have, I think, sort of a disconnect with the importance of religion, uh, not just in the 18th century, but religion in times of combat. It's not only a a source of strength, but a source of solace, uh, giving soldiers and sailors a sense of purpose as well. Norm Damaris is a wonderful resource as a historian for us here at the Journal of the American Revolution because he's a fluent French speaker. And he's able to dive into French sources in ways that, quite frankly, I think most American Revolution scholars can't do. So in this article and in this interview, Norm is going to be talking about a Catholic ritual that was fairly commonplace, but not well understood during the American Revolution. The blessing of the flags. Sit back, relax, and enjoy our interview with Norm Damaris. Norm Damaris, welcome back. Thank you very much, Brady. It's a pleasure to be here. Norm, remind us about your background. Okay, I'm, uh, I'm,
1: I was a librarian by profession. I worked at Providence College, among other uh, colleges and universities. And um, uh, I, I've been involved in research, and being a librarian, I've been able to get, manage to get sources that are very difficult to get and uh, that has uh, helped me in my my research career. So I've been writing quite a bit and um, this article that uh, we're going to talk about today is my latest uh, piece of research. I've been uh, doing reenacting for about uh, 25 years now. I started as a member of the 2nd Rhode Island Regiment and I got recruited by the Regiment Bourbonnais, which is a French regiment uh, when there was some French activities going on and they needed uh, uh, troops for French, uh, French events. So I signed on and, uh, have been doing that quite a bit ever since. And that's one of the reasons that, uh, I'm involved in researching with the French, uh, partly because of that, partly mostly because of my, uh, heritage, uh, of, uh, French Canadian heritage, um, so I, I speak French fluently, and I've got uh, uh, quite a background in that. so i'm I'm doing a lot of stuff with uh, with sources that
0: uh, apparently nobody has ever touched, except for maybe me and Bob Selig. What first drew your interest into this topic?
1: <laughs> well, uh, about eight or ten years ago, uh, there was an event we do we we were re- reenacting the uh, sort of the march to Yorktown, uh, or the march to to the march south uh, with the French, and we were um, planning a weekend event at in Bolton, Connecticut, and uh, people were asking, "What can we do in camp that's not not uh, battle related?" So I came up with a few ideas, and I thought uh, I, I, I knew that the uh, the French uh, military blessed flags. And I suggested that maybe we do a, fl- a blessing of the flags, particularly because we had just gotten a new a new set of flags, and we found out that uh, there were other companies that had uh, new flags. So I suggested that as a possibility. Well, it turned out that that weekend was there was a hurricane, so a lot of the uh, the events were washed out, and um, the whole the whole plan would get bagged, and um, uh, in the process of uh, planning that weekend, I was talking to Bob Selig about it, asked him if he, if he knew anything about documents about uh, uh, the, the blessing of the flags, and he suggested the, the manuscript that uh, I translated, um, and I was going to work on that about eight or ten years ago, and uh, I, when, when that weekend didn't materialize, I sort of put that on the back burner. Partly because this is a very difficult uh, piece to to work with, there are a lot of a lot of tears and um, markings and uh, holes in the document, and things that are illegible or incomprehensible. So I sort of left it on the side. And uh, recently, I was talking to Bob, and um, he gave me the inspiration
0: to uh, to pick up the project again. Norm, we often, I think. Um... I guess, don't strongly consider the role of religion in battle. How did Catholicism specifically unify French and Spanish soldiers in the American Revolution?
1: Yeah, uh, in the 18th century, uh, the French army and, and, and the Spanish army were pretty much uh, all Catholic. Um the previous two kings, Louis the Fourteenth and Louis the Thirteenth, and Lu, a, a good part of Louis the Fifteenth, uh, during their reigns, there was a lot of uh, religious wars. the The, the, the French were the, the Catholics were fighting the Protestants, the primarily the Huguenots. they were trying to expel the Huguenots from France and uh, the Calvinists. and um, um, so there was a lot of uh, a lot of conflict there, um, and. Uh, the, the role of, of Catholicism in the French army is sort of like school spirit. Uh, you've got a, a common belief system, uh, sort of, and it, it sort of enhances the uh, the spirit of the of the school, or in this case, the army, with everybody sharing the same the same belief system. But not uh, not the entire army was uh, was Catholic. The uh, for example, the uh, the royal drifford regiment with the branch the the the, the uh, Br- uh, zweibrucken regiment uh, were german and a lot of them were lutherans so uh, they, they they also spoke german as well as french so uh there were there were some differences there so it wasn't it wasn't as uniform as we might think but the the, the large majority were catholics and it provided a a,
0: a much sort of a cohesion in a common belief system that uh, people could, uh, could draw on. Talk about the importance of a blessing as an, of an object uh, during military combat.
1: Oh yeah, this is a, uh, this is a religious belief system that, uh, that was very common up until modern time. Uh, Catholics uh, believed in blessing objects that they use. Uh, uh, I think other religions also do the same thing. They'll have a blessing or some sort of prayer or some, some sort of good luck charm or something to go along with uh, some of the things, particularly with things of of value. Uh, The more the value, the, uh, the more important, the, uh, you, you want some sort of divine protection, so to speak. So the, uh, Catholics and and others would, would have uh, small objects, blessed things that you use on a daily basis, things like metals and various implements that you would use on a, on a daily basis. And, um, the, uh, then the, the larger things, your blessing of a home blessing of, uh, of a car or, or vehicles uh, boats. In fact, uh, in, uh, Rhode Island, we still have an annual blessing of the fleet. So all the, the boats will, will in the Marina will, uh, will get blessed by the, by a priest once a year then we have uh, the blessing of the animals also so this is sort of like the same idea and uh, you know we bless people we, we also bless objects and um, particularly with uh, with things that were were going to be used say in warfare you wanted to have divine protection and the 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 blessing sort of invokes the the, the protection of God and the uh, on the on the objects as well as on the people who are using them so that's, uh, that, that's the idea behind this thing. And then, you you, you have, like when we, we, we launch a vessel, we have a big ceremony to launch it. Uh, the Catholics would also have a, a blessing to go along with it. Uh, so the, the blessing would
0: be part of the launching. Norm, could you discuss the primary source that you studied in this article? Uh, how did you find it? <clears throat>
1: Well as I was mentioning uh, I talked to Bob Selig and he 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 had done research and found this thing and he uh he told me about it sent me a copy of it uh uh as in, in uh, image format and uh I've had it in my on my computer for, for quite a while now it was probably about 8 or 10 years and um the as I said the uh the, the reason that we 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 dug this up was that uh we were planning to do a blessing of the flags as part of that weekend ceremony that, uh, or the weekend encampment that we were having in Bolton, which, uh, didn't, uh, we had the actual encampment, but by 11 o'clock the whole thing was the, the, the whole weekend was, uh, was canned because the, it was pouring rain. So we never did do the blessing of the flags and Bob had sent me the, the, this document. And, um, as I say, it was, uh, uh It was a very difficult piece to work with because of all the tears and uh the uh, blotches and uh, smears and things on the on the page so um i, I did the best i could with uh, with translating it but it it was a very difficult piece um the uh the one of the things this the blessing of flags is a rather rare uh ceremony uh you, 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 just like you have a, a, a blessing for a launching of a vessel you do this once in the career of uh of a vessel um so the same thing with the flags they uh you bless them at the time of the uh the uh, the launching of the dedication of the ship and um the uh the even though the the ceremony is in the ritual books, it still it still is in the ritual books. Over the years, it has varied in implementation, but it's not it. It's hardly ever used. Um, in fact, I don't think we use it at all in modern times. But it's still it's still part of the ritual. And um, even in the 18th century, we know it was used in uh, in the ritual, but we don't have any documentation about it. This apparently is the only the only piece of documentation we have. And it's the only one I know. So that's part of the importance of it. Um, and the bulk of this, uh, this document, it, 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 it describes the, uh, the ceremony, but the bulk of it is the, the speech that was given by the, uh, the presiding uh, cleric that, uh, that blessed the
0: flags. What does the article tell us about time and place? What context does it give?
1: OK, the the uh, it really doesn't say anything about the time, but um, the, uh, the the ship that uh, the flags, the flags that the ship is the ship that the flags is, go- is going to be used with is the Apollin the Apolline, the action air. And um, I found that out because I was the uh, the captain of of that vessel was a, is a primary uh, figure in the ceremony so i i found out which ship he was being um he was cap he was being a captain for and i found out it was L'Actionnaire. and i found out that the ship was uh, a merchant vessel that was uh it, it inducted into the uh the french navy in 1778 so sometime in 1778 this ship was uh, was dedicated and became a french navy vessel uh it turns out that um the captain of the vessel, died in 1779. So uh, we know that the, uh, the, the, since he was uh, part of the, the ceremony, um, it had to be before 1779. And since Lactionnaire was uh, inducted into the French Navy in 1778, I figured that uh, this, do- this, this document must date from sometime in 1778.
0: Norm, who was involved in this affair? Does the article give us any insight into that?
1: Uh, no, we don't. Um, there's, there's no indication as to um, who, who wrote it um, or who, who recorded it. The only names are the, the names in the document that identify the captain and the people who were carrying the flags, uh, the clerics who were um, uh, participating, and stuff like that. So the the principal characters in the
0: ceremony are named, but it, it doesn't identify who the uh, the author is. Norm, if you could maybe talk about the ritual itself. What did it look like? Uh, what happened?
1: Okay, uh, the the ceremony usually takes place in the context of a mass. Uh, usually, the, the large large events that take place in, in in the context of the mass which is the principal liturgy for the catholics and um what uh what, what i learned from this uh, this document usually the uh the extra the, the ceremonies and it, in addition to the uh, the mass are usually after the creed and before the actual part of the mass the blessing of the flags in this document indicates that uh, it was after the offertory and before the consecration part of the mass. So the, the, that, that part of the ceremony uh, is sort of for the, for this particular blessing is sort of misplaced because it's, it's, it's out of context with uh, all the other types of ceremonies that, uh, that take place. Uh, so that is, that's one thing. And um one of the, uh, the, this must have been a very long ceremony because the mass would usually go, for, uh, say, 45 minutes to an hour for this type, for this type of uh, ceremony. Um, the the blessings and stuff would, uh, the speech is rather long. So um, uh, I'd say it was probably about a 10 or 15 minute sermon that, uh, that was there. So in addition to the length of the mass, it was this. And then um, the. Uh, one of the things that they note in here is, is that they sung a tedeum. a tedeum is a long, well, it, 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 it's a, a, re, a rather long, long, uh, prayer, um, in that, uh, the, 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 the prayer itself is probably about three or four pages. Um, and in, in musically it's, uh, it, it adds a lot because the, uh, the, 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 the uh, there's a lot of repetition of the uh, the phrasing and the music and so on uh i've, I've looked at gregorian chants with, and th- this might have been sung uh in gregorian chant uh the gregorian chant would last about eight and a half minutes uh no the gregorian chant version would be about 12 and a half minutes um antoine charpentier has a, a a shorter version and his uh, his musical piece is eight and a half minutes but if they were playing Jean-Baptiste Lully's version, that was thirty-nine and a half minutes. Um, he, he either one of those uh, three versions could have been used at this period of time because they were all uh, popular at uh, they they were all contemporary with the with the blessing. So this would have been say if they use Lully's uh, uh, version, which runs thirty-nine minutes plus the length of the mass. This was this was several uh, several hours. And um, this was a massive affair because uh, the the, uh, the church that it was held in is quite a large church, and public was invited to it. But the uh, the soldiers marched to the church from wherever they were, their camp or whatever. And most of the army stayed outside the church while uh, the grenadier company brought the flags into the church, and uh, they they took care of the flags while during the ceremony. But there must have been somebody who, sort of like, since they don't have closed-circuit TV, there must have been somebody who was running between the church and the outside to let the you know, the soldiers outside know what was going on, because at various times they uh, they would do certain things. The soldiers would kneel, or they'd stand, they would salute, and stuff like that. And at one point they fired two uh, two rounds at the blessing of the flag, and when the flags came out of church and they came into sight, they fired a third round. So uh, they had to have some sort of knowledge of what uh, what was going on and transpiring in the church. Um, Also, the uh, the uh, the ceremony uh, is somewhat. Disjointed from what what it normally would be. The uh, as I said, the the ceremony would was taking place after the offertory, whereas before it should have been taken place beforehand, and the the singing of the, the tedeum would usually be after the uh, the uh, after the the mass, but uh, in this case, the, there's some indication that there was sung. At the at after the preface, in the uh, just before the consecration, so this would have been uh, right in the middle of the mass, and it would have made it made a a much longer ceremony. But long ceremonies was common in uh, in those days. I know the uh, congregational churches would have sermons that you'd you'd have like two hours in the morning, and you'd you'd go back for church on 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 a Sunday afternoon for another two hour ceremony. Um, So. Uh, this apparently would uh, was not out of the ordinary for for this period.
0: Norm, did you find any other interesting notes in this document that you'd like to share with us?
1: Uh, not really. The uh, I've, I've dealt with much more interesting documents that were um, were a lot easier to read and work with. Um, this one had. Uh, I think the thing that was surprising is that uh, it, the 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 the, the cleric who was giving the uh, the speech at the blessing of the flags go, has a long sort of history of uh, various battles that the French were involved in, and many of them I had never heard of before, and some of the names are, I, I couldn't decipher. So um, he's, he's invoking the blessing of God on the uh, sort of like the history of the... Of the French Navy and the Army and uh, forthcoming battles and so on, so um, that is uh, uh, sort of a little bit surprising to me because I had never heard of some of these uh, these places, um, but other than that, it was pretty pretty straightforward. Uh, the, the usual difficulties of. Dealing with uh, with handwritten documents of this period, this one was particularly difficult because of all the tears and uh, blotches and things in the document.
0: How does this article help us understand the revolutionary era better?
1: Um, well, since this is the only document that covers the uh, this type of event, uh, I think it, it it doesn't really provide that much information that, it's uh, of crucial importance. It, it helps us appreciate the, the culture of the period a little better, maybe. And, uh, sort of the, the, uh, the belief system of the, of the soldiers and so on that were involved here. And, um, sort of, uh, sort of, uh, it broadens our understanding of the, uh, the religious culture of the period, I would say. Norm Damaris.
0: Thanks again. Thank you very much, Brady. My pleasure. The music played in this episode included works by Kevin McLeod and the Sturbridge Colonial Militia. Any unauthorized reproduction or use of this podcast, without the express written permission of the Journal of the American Revolution, is strictly prohibited. For everyone here at Dispatches, I'm Brady Kreitzer saying so long.